0: Damn, this dad is like a river. Flow so cold, he needs ice to deliver. That line right there is from a song called Dad Vibes by Limp Biscuit. What is up, everybody? This is, I think it's episode number 56 or whatever of the Don't Start a Band podcast. I don't fucking know. But the important thing is, we're back, motherfucker. And on this episode, we're going to talk about my broken foot. Something that's been keeping me away a little bit. We're going to talk about what I've been listening to lately. And we're going to get into some uh, some mental health conversations. So uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. Make sure that you subscribe, like, follow, whatever you do on any platform. Just blow this fucking podcast up. Don't start a band podcast. Here we go. Good music. Alright, well I guess I'll just start right in on uh, this new episode of the podcast. You know, the thing about it is, uh, I know I do it to myself, but every time I take a step away and then come back, there's always those nerves there, you know what I mean? So, if you go and you look at the dates on all the podcasts and you see like a big break between episodes, you can definitely here in the episode coming back from the break that I take a lot of deep breaths and it's a lot of (laughs) but anyway I try to be transparent try to let you guys know that uh this is what's going on and that's what this episode is all about just letting everybody know what's going on with me and the podcast and uh yeah I'm super excited about it and we're just gonna get right into it I'm gonna start this Instagram live right now All right, so the Instagram Live is started, and uh, you know, the funny thing about going live is there's no, especially on Instagram, there's really no reason to, uh, you know, there's no reason, hey, what's up, shout out Johnny Cupcakes. Uh, There's really no reason to start a live Instagram with some big intro, because the first however long you're basically just talking to yourself and looking at yourself in the front facing camera. So I think this is episode number 55 of the don't start a band podcast. And I've been away for a little while and I'm going to tell you guys why, um, you know, I, I typically don't like making excuses for myself, but, um, in November I was at work Uh, I started working for Costco, and I got my foot ran over by a shopping cart. Lady had a full cart, and she just ran right over my foot, broke my foot. That's my first broken bone ever. I made it 28 years without breaking a bone. And then at work through, I mean, you know, obviously everybody kind of has a little fault sometimes, um, but... You know, it kind of felt like no fault of my own. I got my foot broken by a heavy-ass shopping cart. And, uh, you know, me being a more uh, active individual, you know, I I play guitar, I play drums, and I do a lot of shit, and I'm very on the go. You know, I need both feet. So initially, when it happened, uh, I was kind of in shock. I was a little depressed, and um you know, for a couple days, uh I think the natural like human responses like when you break a bone and you're less than a hundred percent, like you kinda what's up, Gus? you kind of feel bad for yourself a little bit or just like you kind of ruminate in that feeling um but it only took a couple days before. I started thinking to myself, well, I can play guitar. I can't switch the pedals on my pedal board. So shows are probably out of the question, but I can still fucking play guitar and I can still play drums. I'll just lock the hi-hat closed. And, you know, pretty soon I was just figuring out all these hacks. Uh, Despite having a broken foot, I was figuring out I can do all these things that I love. Uh, And, you know, just like. Everybody else, I have good days, I have bad days, and you know, on the bad days, I it sucks and I get a little depressed, I get a little pessimistic, and you know, everybody gets that way. But on the good days, on the good days, I think to myself, when I am back on both feet, I'm gonna fuck shit up in the best way possible. And, you know, it just so happens to line up that uh, when I'm going to be back on both feet again, it'll be uh, midway through January. So, start of the new year, back on both feet. Like, I just keep thinking to myself, um, you know, once once I'm back on both feet, I'm at full strength. I can do everything to the best of my ability. Like, that's all I'm going to do from now on. I realized, you know... Uh, I, I try, or at least I say, I try to do everything to the best of my ability, but once you have something taken away to where, uh, you can't perform to the best of your ability and it's out of your control, it kind of reminds you, you know, you don't think about the fact and like, uh, a lot of people who've never, broken their foot or had any leg problems or whatever you kind of take for granted that you can just get out of bed and start walking you don't have to pick up crutches or get in a wheelchair or anything Um, but I have definitely on my good days I say to myself you know what when I'm back on both feet like I'm just gonna go after it I'm gonna do fucking everything and the fact that I will be back on both feet, no broken foot. At the start of the year, it all just kind of lines up. It's like the beginning of the year is saying like, Hey, starting out clean slate. Let's fucking go. Obviously those are the good days. Like I said, I have the bad days. Um, but, uh, yeah. So basically got my foot broken, took two and a half, three weeks before I actually, Uh, ended up having to get surgery on my foot they put a nice little screw in my foot and now it's going to be another three to four weeks or so until uh, I can take this hard cast off and the funny thing is is a little side anecdote is my brother when we were younger he broke his arm three times at three years old six years old and nine years old and then when he was in the army, I know he, he fucked something up in his ankle, but when I thought to myself after that lady ran over my foot, I was like, I don't break bones. My, my brother Jack breaks bones. I don't break bones. Like there's no way that my foot is broken. I don't fucking break bones. Um, but yeah, so another three to four weeks and, uh, they keep saying that I'll have to do physical therapy. Nobody can tell me how long this physical therapy is going to take. Uh, which kind of sucks. It kind of sucks. You know, just, uh, what up Nate? Um, you know, just in the whole medical process, especially when like I've seen a podiatrist, I've seen the people at the urgent care place. Nobody can really give me a straight answer on how long everything's going to take. So I just, when they tell me it's going to be a little bit longer, I plan for that so that I don't get disappointed. Um, So, yeah, uh, three to four weeks, a little bit of physical therapy, and I'll be at 100%. But the reason I bring this up and why it is relevant to the Don't Start a Band podcast is because, uh, you know, obviously, I have had this mindset that when my foot's not broken, I'm back on two feet. I'm starting to annoy myself saying that so much. Um, But when you know, I'm at 100% again, then I will really start writing songs. And when I'm back at 100%, then I'll start, you know, playing shows and doing this, that and the other thing and making more drum covers. Um, And I think in the back of my head, you know, I've, I've definitely thought a couple times that like, yeah, maybe I can make a podcast. But you know, in the back of my head, when I think about doing a podcast, the first thing that comes to mind is having a guest on. So, you know, naturally when I thought about doing podcasts, I think to myself, okay, you know, when I'm at a hundred percent, then I'm going to start doing more podcasts. And I kind of realized today, I was like, that makes zero sense because You know, it would be extremely difficult to kind of do it with a guest in person. Um, I'd have to like move the table and do all this stuff. And, you know, I can't put any weight on it. So I'm on crutches and hopping around and uh, it would be pretty exhausting. I could probably do it. But, um, you know, I thought about it and I was like, I do these solo podcasts. Like, why? Why am I not doing that? Because the only thing I, you know, got to do is, you know, I think of shit to talk about. And then I sit down and I talk into a microphone like I could have been making so many podcasts. And, you know, if you want to talk about life and advice and whatever. uh, In that moment, I felt pretty silly and I felt, um, you know, I was a little down on myself because I was like, fuck, fuck. I could have been making so many podcasts like I've had so much time like being off work and stuff like that. Um, So for a short period of time, I did kind of beat myself up a little bit. But after that little bit of time, I was like, you know what? I can't I can't fix the time that I had where I didn't make podcasts. But thank God I realized it in the middle of this whole process so I can start now and make as many podcasts, and start doing this shit before, you know, my foot heals, and I'm back at work, and I'm doing more band shit, and whatever, so why the fuck, you know, wouldn't I do a bunch of podcasts? Plus, it also kind of works out, I know I kind of make that sound like a positive, but it's a little bit of a negative, um, you know, COVID cases are kind of picking up, it's kind of creepy, and, uh, You know, if you're a little freaked out, you're a little scared, I'm not going to talk about it forever, but you know, we're all in this boat together. And I think a lot of times we forget that we are all in this together. We're all going through it. We're all trying not to get it or, you know, helping out the people who have gotten it. And that's, that's one thing that you got to keep in mind that people in general have to keep in mind is, uh, you know, everybody's, everybody's freaked out. Even, you know, people who say they're not freaked out or whatever, there's still a little bit of fear. You know what I mean? Because they're either afraid for themselves or their family or their friends or whatever. So just bottom line, understand that we're all going through this together, have a little bit of empathy and, uh, you know, one day it's all going to be over. You know, we're not going to like look back and laugh, but, One day, you know, this whole COVID shit is going to be over and we can look back and hopefully everybody has a sense of pride and accomplishment for making it through this adversity. And, you know, we can look back and say, fuck, yeah, I fucking made it through that. It was difficult and it was scary and all this shit. But at the end of the day, I fucking made it through it. Like we made it through it, and now we can move forward. You know that you're capable of dealing with some pretty extreme adversity. Uh, like I said, I'm not gonna beat it into the ground. We're just uh, we're gonna keep moving. Have myself a little gin and tonic here uh, before I started the the Instagram live. Um, what's up, everybody? Uh, I told in the intro that. I think it was in the intro, maybe it was just before the intro, I don't know, but I talked about the fact that it's been a little while since I did an episode, so I might be a little bit nervous, you know what I mean, and a little bit of gin and tonic, a little bit of crisp, some people might, you know, say, ew, pine needles, but, you know, whatever, and it kind of sounds fancy, you know what I mean, some people have told me that it makes me sound like I'm a 65 year old dude, but, you know, gin and tonic. I'm feeling supersonic, gimme gin, and tonic. You could all have, you could have it all, but how much do you want it? Alright. No more Oasis lyrics. Uh you know, now we can get into more of the music side of things. And I wanted to tell everybody, because that is what I do on my new solo casts, um, what I've been listening to. And I've kind of been all over the place, obviously, you know, listen to Oasis, a little bit of Grateful Dead, don't really tell a lot of people that. What's up? Welcome to the Instagram Live for the, I'm doing the Don't Start a Band podcast, but it's on my personal channel. Um, but I've been listening to the regulars, you know, all my playlists that I've made, but the two artists that I recently um discovered for myself or like recently started delving into uh are kind of almost opposites but at their core not opposites the two artists are the band called counterparks counter woo, counterparts uh they're a melodic hardcore band and definitely some emo elements how's it going erica um there's definitely some emo elements in counterparts music and then the other artist i've been listening to a lot his name is rustin kelly and he's definitely got almost like a country twang ish uh it's like old country slash folk music um but as like at his core growing up he listened to emo music and his songs and music it's very emotional and uh super deep and he even has uh an album of covers it's called the dirt emo volume one and he covers like screaming infidelities by dashboard confessional he covers damn it by blink 182 um he covers uh A couple My Chemical Romance songs, I think. And then uh, At Your Funeral by. I knew I was going to forget the band's name. Fuck, Saves the Day. He covers At Your Funeral by Saves the Day. Uh, It's a phenomenal album, but he mixes that country, folky twang with, you know, the super emotional, deep lyrics and essence of. All those other songs. So at their core counterparts and Rustin Kelly, they're the same. They're exactly the same. And some people who are super into hardcore are going to get really mad at that. And then some people who hate quote unquote screamo music are going to get really mad at that. But here's the thing. The Don't Start a Band podcast is my podcast. So if I want to say that counterparts in Rust and Rustin Kelly are the exact same, then I can say that, you know, counterparts in Rust and Rustin Kelly are the exact same. But uh, yeah, starting with counterparts, the the crazy thing is, um, you know, I grew up listening to a lot of pop punk, a lot of hardcore, uh, post-hardcore, melodic hardcore, like, you know, a lot of that heavier music, and obviously I had a little bit of teenage angst, and, you know, we all have shit that happens in our lives, and I didn't realize it at the time, but I was, you know, I was kind of an angry little prick, so I, uh, which, (laughs) let me correct that, um, you don't have to be an angry little prick to listen to hardcore music, but, I know that heavier music resonated with me because I did have some sort of thorn in my side that I can say went away at 25 years old. That's a conversation for a different day. But um, I listened to a lot of that heavier music when I was younger because I had that angst and I had that just like, you know, ready to fucking brawl attitude. Um, But once that all kind of went away and whatnot, um, I listened to less and less of it. I would still listen to more like emo, hardcore, whatever. And obviously there's a nostalgia element for all those bands I used to listen to. Like, uh, not too long ago, I listened to The Emptiness by Alisana That Alisana, Alisana, I don't fucking know. But I listened to that whole album from front to back. It's fucking amazing. It tells an amazing uh, spooky story but i listened to that uh obviously i i still love to throw on a day to remember wasn't a huge fan of their most recent album again conversation for another day uh, but the funny thing is my favorite song from that album is definitely the heaviest song which is uh last chance to dance um so yeah, like Alisan,a A Day to Remember. I have a whole playlist that has you know some of these bands for when it's the right day, but it's it's more so uh, I think a nostalgia thing. So you know, A Day to Remember definitely for the Fallen Dreams, The Ghost Inside, uh, Stick to Your Guns, um, and No Bragging Rights. That's another big one, huge like. This is a promo for uh, No Bragging Rights' new album. It's fucking incredible. Like, it's you know kind of melodic, uh, post-hardcore or whatever. But definitely go and check out that album and check out all their albums because they're insanely talented. They write great lyrics. Um, but yeah, I listen to the heavy music. It has more of a. Uh, what's up, Alyssa? <clears throat> um, it has more of a nostalgic element to it. I listen to a lot of like that older music, so I don't hear more of the new stuff. Um, <clears throat> obviously I've checked out like Knocked Loose, uh, Kublai Khan, um, and a lot, you know, some of the newer bands, but Counterparts really just struck a chord with me. And the funny thing is, is I had seen them maybe five times what up? Uh, uh, opening up for I'd seen counterparts probably five times opening up for other bands, and it just didn't click. And that's why I always say, you know, with music, you uh gravitate towards certain bands and artists. I feel like when you need them most, or when it makes the most sense for you. And I, you know, I think. My life was a little more mild for a while. So, you know, Counterparts may have been a little intense. It just didn't click for some reason. But then uh, I checked out their um, album, Nothing Left to Love. And something just clicked in my brain that said, I have to listen to everything that they have. And they're insanely talented. Their time signatures, their melodies and everything that they do in their music. Like if you haven't listened to counterparts and you have at least an appreciation for heavier music, definitely go and check out counterparts. Um, And the other artist, Rustin Kelly, which is a polar opposite, but also still similar in the emotional element. Um, Like I said, he's kind of twangy, kind of folky, but he grew up listening to emo music and he grew up listening to, you know, like, My Chemical Romance and Saves the Day and Dashboard Confessional. So that is a big part of who he is. But his dad, who is also in his touring band, plays slide guitar in his touring band. His dad is the one that introduced him to, like, Johnny Cash and all those older, like, country artists, which, for those of you who don't know, I do enjoy, uh... I do enjoy like outlaw, like old outlaw country and Alyssa just signed, (laughs) signed off on that. I don't know if it was because of the, uh, me saying that I like old outlaw country or, uh, if it's a coincidence, but you know what? That's been like the funniest thing, uh, since I've been, you know, single, I'm passionate about music. So when I start talking to somebody, usually my first question is, What kind of music do you listen to? And if I had a dollar for every time somebody told me, you know, I listen to everything except country, I, you know, I'd have quite a few dollars. I don't know where that sentiment came from. Probably the same place that, you know, everybody hating Creed and Nickelback came from, which like, I don't like Nickelback because just... Look at Nickelback's lyrics, like maybe they have okay melodies or whatever, but their sound, to me, and here's the thing, it just doesn't hit the pleasure center in my brain. But to me, they sound douchey, and if you read their lyrics, they are fucked up and uh, very misogynistic. Uh, Yeah, just Chad Kroger's kind of a fucking dildo, and not in a good way. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, a lot of people say, you know, when you ask them, I listen to everything except country. And I, I don't know where that came from, but here's the thing. If it doesn't hit the pleasure center in your brain, you don't enjoy country, then don't fucking listen to country. But, uh, you know, it strikes a chord with me that old outlaw country, whether it's Johnny Cash, Marty Robbins, Roger Miller, Uh, Willie Nelson, basically, you know, all those old guys, there's something about it that just hit me uh, in 2018. That's when I really started delving into the outlaw country. And the thing about that music, too, is it's emo as fuck marty robbins has a song called they're hanging me tonight and it's about like he had a girl and she left him for another guy he fucking tracks him down what up seth i'm talking about marty robbins it's outlaw country definitely lost a few people when i brought up the outlaw country thing uh but talking about marty robbins uh 1950s 60s outlaw country guy uh he has a song called They're Hanging Me Tonight where he has a girl. She leaves him for another guy. He tracks him down, kills them both, and then ends up getting arrested and they hang him. Like it's a stupid, uh, super morbid emo song, you know? So it also makes sense, full circle, that Rustin Kelly would enjoy marty robbins or older country because it is super emotional and a lot of those guys tell great stories and i watched an interview where he said you know two of his biggest inspirations were johnny cash and bob dylan which those are two huge inspirations for me just as far as uh you know johnny cash worked really hard he had some great songs that i love to listen to and then bob dylan i mean He's one of the greatest songwriters of all time, and I know that that's kind of a subjective thing to say. Um, but at the end of the day, a lot of people would say he's one of the greatest songwriters of all time. A lot of people say he's one of the he has <laughs> the worst voice of all time. But you cannot deny that Bob Dylan can tell a fucking story. Um, so. You know, Rustin Kelly, he's got quite the arsenal of like all the emo bands like Dashboard and Saves the Day. And then he's got Johnny Cash and Bob Dylan and all those country guys. And he mashes it all up and he has his own uh, self-claimed um, genre that he calls dirt emo, which I think is fucking badass. Uh, but some things you should check out, or I guess some songs definitely check out his album of covers, check out his cover of damn it. It's like a twangy cover of damn it. Um, check out, he has a song called radio cloud. Um, another, he's got so many good songs and I should have wrote them down. He's got, um, another song called black magic. Uh, the big line from that is, uh, love ain't nothing more than black magic be careful what you wish for uh it might happen um he's got a i think a song called hurricane amazing just check him out that's all i'm saying you know what i mean if you like emo if you like a little twang if you like emo with a little twang definitely check out Rustin and kelly but that's what i've been listening to lately you know, like I said, I have my uh, my usuals like Oasis. I have a pop punk playlist still turn on my super poppy shit from time to time. Like, you know, I was uh, I was deep into Nightly for a while. Uh, there's a podcast or not a podcast, a playlist on Spotify called Soda. And, you know, they update it all the time and it's just got some great Uh, more like indie pop music, so definitely check it out, Um, yeah, the pop punk, a little bit of nostalgia when I'm feeling nostalgic, some of the heavier music, um, I'm trying to think, I like new folk music, Uh, there's an artist called Joe Pug, check out Joe Pug Radio if you want to hear some newer folk artists, and uh, still checking out my Discover Weekly from time to time but I will say that's you know that's the thing about algorithms kind of the funny thing is for the longest time I was super deep into the super poppy and like the indie pop and stuff and when you're stuck on one genre you know you can go back to the Discover Weekly and it's going to show you fire every week because it's that's what you're listening to. But the funny thing is, is when I started listening to Counterparts, that kind of dropped a little bit of uh, food coloring in the water, the clear water that was the pop music. So my Discover Weekly still shows me some good shit from time to time. Like, uh, it put a... Um, fuck, his name just escape my brain uh Tom Waits put a Tom Waits song in there and then uh you know cuz Rustin Kelly and whatnot but yeah my discover weekly has been all over the place so kind of haven't been listening to that as much but there's still some fucking there's some gems in there so yeah my big suggestion what i've been listening to counterparts if you like hardcore melodic hardcore emo hardcore whatever Definitely check out counterparts. And then if you like emo music with a little twang, check out Rust and Kelly. Uh just, you know, two badass artists that are they're killing it right now. And they definitely need some support. So check them out. Um, you know, I think unfortunately I wanted to start this podcast earlier. It's like ten o'clock right now. Um I wanted to start it earlier because I know at 10 o'clock, like not everybody has a broken foot and doesn't have to work tomorrow. Um, 10 o'clock, not a lot of people are going to want to check it out and listen to me talk. So I fully understand that I meant to start the podcast earlier. So for people who are checking out the podcast right now, like I appreciate you 100%. Um, But, yeah, next time I'm definitely going to start it earlier because I love doing the Instagram lives. You know what I mean? It definitely gives me more of a sense of talking to people, which, in a sense, I guess I am when they listen to the podcast. Uh, But, yeah, I'm going to shut off the Instagram live right now and then we're just going to chug along. So, yeah. All right. For those of you just listening, you wouldn't really know that I took a little break there shutting down the Instagram Live. But, you know, now we can really get into it. Because, uh, you know, obviously when the Instagram Live is on, I'm, you know, looking and I, for some reason, my eyes just have a hard time focusing sometimes. Um, you know, when somebody joins the Instagram live. So, you know, I'm looking at that. But the thing about audio only, and I apologize for this, but at the same time, the reason why when I'm on Instagram live, I'll say like, what up, Alyssa? What up, Seth? Is just to show appreciation and to show that, uh, I guess, just appreciation. Because at the end of the day, somebody is... Taking time out of their day, whether they're taking a shit or laying in bed, but they could be looking at anything else. That internet is damn near infinite, but they're watching me talk about music and all the things I talk about. So if it's annoying, I'm sorry. Uh, but the reason you know, I'll say what up to everybody who checks into the Instagram live is just to show appreciation because I do appreciate it. Uh, You know, I'll get a little sappy here and just let you guys know that uh, it means the world to me when you watch the Instagram live. But the fact that I've been doing this podcast for three years and I have had 6,000 downloads. When I started this podcast, it was just, I mean, a lot of people probably say this, but it was just for fun. All I wanted to do was start this little podcast, and like maybe some of the artists in the Denver music scene would hear it. Um, But I started it just for fun because, you know, it sounded cool. And I wanted to let people know what it means to be in a band and to be in an unsigned, smaller, local amateur band or whatever. I just wanted people to know. And I'm sure I've told this story, I haven't told it in a long time, but the big reason I started the podcast was because when the backseaters put out the Phantom EP, uh, it costs a lot of money for recording, making physical copies, uh, and then, you know, there's the stress of setting up the show, selling tickets to the show, and every... Everything that goes into it is super stressful. It costs a lot of money. And, you know, people, which I guess it's just human nature, a lot of people do it. Uh, But people were asking me for free tickets to the show or free copies of the EP or, you know, free this, free that. And I was just thinking to myself, like, You know, I got mad at first because I was like, this cost so much money. It was so stressful. Like, why the fuck would you ask me for free shit? But then, I mean, that lasted like half a second because I realized like, oh, like most people or, you know, whatever, most people who aren't in bands, who have never been in a band, you know, who have never done this, they don't get it. Like, I think a lot of people think that, you know, it's it might be relatively cheap to record in a studio or maybe we just record it in our basements or garages, which, you know, full transparency, A Place to Rest Your Feet, which was the full length album. And then uh, Mailbox is the first Backseaters EP recorded in our basement. But the Phantom EP was recorded at Han Audio with Taylor Han. And it costs a pretty penny, you know, when you record a fresh pro- professionally. Um, and then, like I said, the stress of setting up a release show—you got to book all the bands, you got to talk to the promoter, you got to, and you got to sell tickets. You got to make sure that people are coming to this show. It's very stressful, and people who have never been in a band or have never been affiliated with many people in bands i mean how could i get mad like they wouldn't understand what it means to have all this stress and uh money coming out of your pocket so you know i was listening to a lot of gary v at the time who's like an entrepreneur motivational guy and he would always say a million times start a podcast start a podcast and uh, I'm going to say this really fast and hopefully people will just like glaze over it, and not hear it. But uh before I started the podcast, I was listening to a lot of Joe Rogan and he said to start a podcast as well. So it just it seemed like the universe wanted me to start a podcast. So I did. A podcast was like just the easiest way to tell people what it means to be in a band. And then it interviewing other bands because I haven't done it all. You know what I mean? I've done everything that the backseaters have done, you know, a few of the things that if I failed did, I've only done what I've done, but everybody has their own experience when being in a band and, you know, having all the trials and tribulations of that. So I interviewed other artists about, their touring experiences, recording experiences. And I love talking about songwriting. So it's also cool to get into that with people um, because I, you know, a lot of people, and again, I'm making assumptions here and I apologize for that. But, you know, if you don't write songs, I, I guess I'm not really sure how, you know, people who don't know songwriters or have never written a song. I don't know exactly what they think, like how it goes or whatever. A lot of people do assume that, um, you know, you play a couple chords and then you write the lyrics down, and that does happen a lot. But the fact of the matter is everybody does it so differently. So to be able to talk to all these artists about how they do it, it's it inspires me to try different ways to write lyrics and music, but also lets the listener know, uh, you know, how much effort and, you know, what goes into writing a song. And, uh, yeah. So I just started talking to local artists and I just put it out there. I asked who wanted to be on the podcast and then it, it kind of turned into, uh, You know, come on the podcast and talk about your passion or the thing that you're uh, moving towards. So after, you know, I would just ask people to come on the podcast. So then I had Brad Anderson, tattoo artist from Denver, super fucking talented. I had him come on the podcast and, you know, we talked about tattoos, but tattoos also kind of intertwines with music. And then I had Dakota LeClaire on, who has a clothing company. It's called Together USA, um, or maybe just Together. But I had him on the podcast, and we talked about his clothing company. And, you know, he kind of broke it down, what it means to have your own clothing streetwear company. But then we also talked about music, because when you're, you know, making streetwear or whatever music seeps into everything. And because I'm an artist, I'm passionate about music. Uh, (laughs) I can always turn a conversation in the direction of music. Um, so yeah, the don't start a band podcast. I know it has band in the title, but it turned into me talking to people about whatever they're passionate about. And even one of the, last episodes, second to last episodes, when I had Trevor on, that dude is the most passionate person about pop punk and emo music that I have ever met, and, you know, maybe there's a few people who listen to the podcast who listen to Top 40 or they only listen to the radio, and sometimes when you listen to people, get super hyped up and talk about this music that means so much to them, uh, maybe it'll inspire you to go and check out these bands. But also, you know, Trevor's just, he's a really great friend, super passionate about music, and uh, just an awesome individual. And I love doing that interview. Um, So, yeah, the, the podcast turned into... Just basically a passion podcast. And if it wasn't such a bitch, I I might change the name of the podcast to What's Your Passion? Or uh, Explain Your Passion. Something about that. Because another thing that I want to tell you guys uh, that I'm sure a lot of you know, but here's a little thing that will bring joy to your life. When you ask somebody what their passion is, or in the midst of a conversation, uh, you know, get somebody to talk about something they're passionate about, you will never see a more pure person, like a pure, like, it's basically like they open up, there's a radiance that comes off of them, you know, usually a lot of people when they're talking about what they're passionate about, they get a big smile on their face, there's just this energy, and there's this breath of life that comes out of people when they're talking about their passion, and I'm I'm addicted to it, like, I love asking people, like, if I'm having a conversation, I love getting to know what they're passionate about, because, it also i'm sure it releases endorphins too like when you're having a random conversation with somebody and they they ask about my music or whatever and i really get the ball rolling and even right now like talking about the podcast which i'm passionate about it you just get so excited and endorphins release and you smile and uh You know, it changes the chemical makeup in your body. And for some people, maybe it might change their whole day, you know, because a lot of people are going through this life on autopilot. There's a lot of stress, anxiety, depression going on in the world. Like everybody's just got their head down. And yeah, it's like that movie Click where he's on autopilot eyes glazed over and just going through the motions and then you wake up one day and you're on your deathbed or you're super fucking old and you don't, uh, you know, your life has passed you by. So, you know, when everybody is in the midst of that autopilot, they got their head down and they're just going through the motions, ask them what they're passionate about. Talk to them about their passions because that will like slow time down. That will bring them out of that autopilot and it will amp them up. It'll it it'll fill them with positive energy that I would bet everything they carry for the rest of their day. Cuz I know it happens to me and uh you know, an example that I've used when I talk about this is one time I went to the pharmacy at King Supers, and you know, a lot of interactions with uh, people at the counter are—they ask, "How's your day going?" You go, "Good," you, and they go, "Good," and that's the end of the, you know, personal part of the conversation. But I went to the pharmacy at King Supers one time, and I could tell that this person was just monotone, autopilot, going through the motions. And they asked how I was doing. And I said, you know, I'm doing okay. Uh, you know, and I probably talked about a little bit of what happened that day, but I made sure that I had eye contact with them. I looked them right in the eye and, uh, I said, how are you doing today? How's your, how's your day going? Is, is work okay? Or, you know, something to that effect, a genuine ask about their well-being or their day. And this person just started telling me about their day and it was honest and it was real. And by the end of that uh, interaction at the pharmacy, this dude, he had a big smile on his face. He had a lot of energy and he was just like, I could tell that it did something to him you know and it really had nothing to do with what we were talking about it had to do with the fact that somebody looked into his eyes and cared and asked how he was doing and took him out of the humdrum autopilot of daily life so uh i know <laughs> i know that was kind of a a tangent and I'm not sure how I got there. I know I was talking about passion. Don't start a band podcast. Um, yeah, I was... I remember. Full circle. Thank you to everybody. Literally every single person. And let me know. Like, hit me up on Instagram. My new handle is Official. Message me on Facebook. Comment on YouTube. Like, reach out to me and let me know if you've listened because that the fact that you have taken precious time out of your life to listen to these conversations or to listen to me talk, it, it means the world to me. And the gravity of that is not lost on me at all. And I would love to thank you personally and tell you what it means to me and have a conversation. Find out what you're passionate about. And, uh, you know, when I'm back at full force, I'm back on both feet, uh, hit me up to be on the podcast because I, I really do love doing the podcast. I get caught up sometimes with, uh, backseater stuff, making drum covers, uh, you know, life, life happens and you get pulled in a bunch of different directions, but please hit me up and, Come on the podcast with me. We'll talk about passion. We'll talk about whatever happens to come up. I also love the tangents that come up because, uh, you know, I purposefully don't wear headphones and don't have the guests wear headphones because I know a lot of people say that it like isolates the conversation and it cues you in to where it's just two people talking, but... A lot of people have not heard their own voice. So when they have the headphones on and they can hear that, it might throw them off or it reminds them that their voice and the conversation is being recorded and people are gonna hear it. Whereas if you don't have headphones on and you know you just have some microphones in front of you that you forget about, then it just becomes a conversation and Uh, I mean it when I say that, you know, some of the episodes of this podcast have been some of the best conversations that I've had and I've learned so much. And, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll cut my sappy sentimental part on that. I guess I'm probably looking at my notes. I'm about to get a little more sentimental, but thank you guys so much to anyone who has ever taken the time to check out the don't start a band podcast and, uh, hit me up in, you know, the end of January, beginning of February, whatever, hit me up and let's do a podcast together and let's talk about your passions. Uh, yeah. So thank you. Moving right along. Uh, I, you know, I wrote down, uh, writing because I did want to talk about that because it kind of goes along with the whole broken foot thing and having the motivation to, uh, you know, work on art, real art that, I mean, making music and art is something that is purely, passion-based especially at this point because i am you know an amateur starving artist and like i've said a million times before i started the backseaters because i wanted to write the songs that weren't in my collection of songs um but i wanted to talk about writing just because i i didn't start writing more songs until recently and i had a little lull uh after the divorce and stuff um i had a little lull where i wasn't writing songs and the big thing i wanted to talk about because a lot of people would think and again i'm making assumptions i guess but a lot of people would think that when you're depressed when you're going through a hard time that that's when you write the best songs that's when you write your songs and maybe some people do personally um, I can't. I can't write songs, or at least songs that I want anybody to hear when I am in that depression or you know uh, adversity slash turmoil in my life. I can't. I can't write songs, or at least I don't write songs that I want the world to hear. Just because the wound is open, it's fresh. You're still in shock that you got this wound. And, uh, you know, anytime I've ever been like, I'm going to pull myself out by writing a song, it just, uh, it's for some reason, it is honest and it does refer to what I'm going through. But at the end of the day, there's some artistic element that's missing from it. I don't know if it's the metaphorical aspect of my songs that I like to put in there or what it is. But um, it is missing something when I try to write, when I'm depressed, when I'm anxious, when I'm going through shit. It's basically just like... uh yeah, I don't even know what to say. An example is uh, I wrote this song <laughs> called Evil Cupid uh, because I was thinking, you know, when you fall in love with somebody, sometimes it's it's almost like you didn't even have a choice. Like it just happened and, you know, that's history. Uh, but I I started writing this song At the beginning of the year. And then uh, I had some like okay generic lyrics. And then after I got divorced and halfway through summer, I went into Han Audio to record this song professionally. And everything was still, I mean, it was still a little fresh. It was still super... Just on my mind all the fucking time. And the lyrics that I wrote, I did not love because they were, you know, it didn't tell a story. It basically just was kind of a list of the feelings that I was having. And, you know, while that might be something that some people want to listen to for me it didn't it didn't tell a story and uh i don't know i just i didn't i didn't like it but where i was going with that is when i get in that zone where i start to like the songs and the lyrics and everything just flows out of me is after i've had some time to sit with those feelings and the situations that I've gone through after I've had the time, I can almost kind of look back, but that's when your logical brain turns on, you know, when you go something through something difficult, like a divorce, you're, you get kind of stuck in your emotional brain decisions that you make, uh, things that you do. It's very, emotionally driven um, but once my logical brain started kicking in and I was able to look back at the relationship I had and everything and kind of analyze everything and you know it's cliche to say but hindsight's 2020 20. but once I was able to look back at everything uh, then, I was able to write in a way that expressed how I had felt and what I had gone through but was just vague enough so that, you know, people who maybe haven't gone through a marriage, maybe, you know, somebody close to them passed away or maybe they were in a relationship for a year and it meant a lot to them, whatever, but... I try to make my songs just vague enough so that people can listen to it and they can go. That's about me. That's about my situation. Like there is somebody in the world who understands me. Like I can listen to this and it's all the things that I have felt, but didn't know how to say, you know, that's what I shoot for with my lyrics. Uh, and you know, when I'm, in that only like pure emotional state i there's no metaphors it's all just super blunt and i didn't like that i was writing angry lyrics you know i was i was a little angry and i'm not ashamed to admit that you know it's the uh steps of grief you know that's one of them i think it might be the the first step but uh you know it was a loss and there was grief and I was angry, and I I didn't like that I was angry, because I knew, you know, maybe I had a right to be angry, but at the same time, it, I wasn't going to be angry forever, and um, I, for me personally, and my music, and the music I enjoy, um, more so now, you know, I, I don't know. There was just a lot of anger that was going into my music and that didn't that didn't work for me. It was too specific and it was something. Well, here's the thing. So, okay, let's say I record that song. I'm angry. I write these lyrics, yada, yada, yada. But then I go to play a show. Two years later and I'm still playing this song and yes, it'll remind me of that situation and it might bring me back, which, uh, you know, tapping into that old feeling might be unpleasant, but you can almost bet that I'm not going to feel the exact same way that I felt when that happened, especially if you make for me personally, if you make a song that's so specific Like I'm not going to be able to sing that song and 100% connect with it. Whereas if I make it just vague enough or it's, uh, you know, it can fit whatever state I'm in, in my life, then I can sing that song whenever and fucking sing it like I mean it. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh I guess I also just wanted to let everybody know that the writing floodgates have opened. The creative floodgates have opened. Um I've been in, you know, went through a hard time, was feeling pretty good, then broke my foot and, you know, was a little down, but now I'm I'm feeling good. I'm feeling positive and maybe that's the impending new year positivity that a lot of people get which I've never heard anybody describe it like that it should be called impending new years syndrome or something like that I think I'm I made up that term maybe you've heard it before if you have fucking let me know but uh maybe it's that impending new years positivity that says like you know what next year i mean people always say the next year whatever it is uh the one coming up 2022 this is my year this is gonna be my year this is when shit's gonna happen you build huge expectations for this year which uh isn't always a good thing you can make a plan you can try your best but if you have like outrageous expectations um you know, there's a high possibility that you're going to be let down. But um, I've I've been in uh, a pretty good place. I've really processed and thought about the whole broken foot situation, and I'm trying not to focus on all the things I can't do, and I'm trying to focus on all the things I can do. And there's also little things, like I can't go to work, um, which was upsetting for me you know and I was thinking about the things I can't do Um, but at the end of the day I have all this time to spend with my mom for instance she works from home and uh, you know if I just spent this whole time being pissed off and you know being super pessimistic and poor me and why did this happen? Blah, 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 blah. And all I could think about was the future and being at a hundred percent, I would be missing this time in which like I could hang out with my mom and, you know, eventually we all get to a point where, uh, life has waned a little bit. And I, I realized one day I was like, You know, when she is older, when she has passed away or whatever, um, I have to say whatever so I don't get super emotional. But when she's gone, when she's older, you know, I, I knew that I would remember this time and all the time I had to spend with her. And I know that there would be a part of me that regretted being so pessimistic, and taking for granted the fact that I had this time to spend with her. And that was a big moment for me. Um, you know, I know that's that's a little tangent, but it's, it's a sign of, yeah, this bad thing happened. Yeah, it kind of sucks, but, you know, in a lot of situations, not all, but in a lot of situations, you can find a positive in it. And I know that's kind of a generic thing to say. I know a lot of people say that. But in a lot of situations, you can find the positive that you can, you know, direct your energy towards. And it's not always easy. And I'm not fucking perfect. You know, there's, there's days where I am emotional and I'm more on the downside. I'm not going to lie to you guys and say, like, I had this realization and it was all positivity and fucking rainbows and lollipops from then on out. Like, no, I still have my moments where, you know, I I have a little period where I'm pissed off that I'm on crutches. I'm, you know, pissed off about this, that or the other thing because I'm a fucking human and I one of the best lines from a song that I've ever heard. The Wonder Years, they're not my favorite band. I enjoy them. They're not my favorite band, but they have the best line in one of their songs. And it's it's not about forcing happiness. It's about not letting sadness win. And personally, and I know a lot of people do this when they're pessimistic and they're, uh upset you know what I mean they they compound it by um you know getting mad at themselves that they're down you know what I mean because a lot of people who maybe don't have depression or whatever like an easy thing to say is just think about all the good things in your life just turn it around just be happy you have a choice to be happy which is not always the case and you know, personally for me, there have been times in my life where I know that there's amazing things, positive, happy things in my life. I know that I can make a list of it. Um, but when I'm depressed, all, you know, I have made this list and I look at all the amazing things in my life, but my brain and my body chemistry does not change to match that. And then I I almost get a little bit more depressed because I feel like I should be happy. I should be uh, not upset, depressed, whatever. So it's not about forcing happiness. It's about not letting sadness win. And, you know, full circle back to the writing thing. Uh, I'm on an upswing and I'm I'm writing that upswing. I'm not worried about another downswing coming. Uh, But yeah, I just wanted to talk about how, you know, a lot of people say that they write their best stuff when they're depressed. But if you don't do that, don't beat yourself up about it, because I can't do that. I write a lot of my best shit afterwards when I've had time to look at it and analyze it and sit with it for a little bit. Um, So, you know, you got to do you. One last point I wanted to make, I, you know, going off of my deep, um, emotional, maybe inspirational, maybe motivational rant that I just had there. Um, you know, one, one last thing I wanted to say, and I kind of touched on this, but you know, I said, I'm not perfect. I'm human, but I can say that I honestly, I'm doing my best. And that should be something that I think everybody should ask themselves at the end of the day. Like, are you doing your best? Are you doing everything you can to uh, have live the life that you want to live and make this incredible opportunity the best it can be? Um, but I'm doing my best, I would say. I think maybe, you know what? You know what? I'm leaving that. I'm doing my best. Uh, I'm not trying to front. I'm not trying to, uh, you know, even though I had that motivational rant, I'm not trying to tell you guys that I'm just on an upswing and that's how it is. And you got to be positive and don't be sad. There's good things in your life and this, that, and the other thing. Like, fuck that. The people on YouTube, the podcasts that say that shit, they're saying it so they can boost you up in that moment when you might need it. But the fact of the matter is, is you're going to go through hard times and you're going to have loss and you're going to have sadness and depression and all this stuff. But the important thing is when you have a moment where you're genuinely happy and this is where like being present and the whole uh, phrase be here now comes into place when you are happy. Check in to your body and just like look around and take a mental snapshot because I've had so many moments throughout this year, which has been one of the hardest years of my life where I'm genuinely happy and I stop and I reflect in that moment and I go, I'm happy. And it feels amazing. And I take a mental snapshot. And one that I remember, um, was on a Sunday, you know, people get the the Sunday blues or whatever. Um, you know, I was, I might've been feeling a little down. I don't know, but I took the French bulldog that I have took him. We went outside and I was just laying in the grass with him and it just like clicked in my brain. I said, I'm happy. And you know, I know that sounds kind of like, silly and simple and cliche or whatever, but just having that realization was very important to me because it was like, despite everything that's happened, despite maybe whatever was going on at that time, uh, I had a moment of happiness. It's possible. And they do come and you just got to enjoy them. And that's it. And (laughs) that's the end of my, you know, little cliche, uh, rant about that but I guess it it kind of goes into you know the podcast thing and uh honestly would you want me to be making podcasts if I wasn't in a place where I was passionate about it and I was uh you know and I wanted to do my best if I was on autopilot like no just like bands who are burnt out and they end up having their album cycle and making the same album for, you know, three or four albums in a row. You know what I mean? They're not passionate about it and you don't click with it because they're just going through the motions. And I had to go through the motions. I had to feel what I was feeling. And, uh, you know, I just, I had to deal with it and, If I had some kind of like schedule where I was like, I have to make a podcast once a week, I can guarantee you that there, I mean, there, there may have been times I would have made a podcast and it might've turned my mood around, but I can guarantee you there would have been times where it would have felt like a chore and people can hear that. People can sense it. People know when you're going through the motions and you're creating content as much as I hate that word you're creating art you know this thing that there's examples of you being extremely passionate about but in this most recent episode album whatever you can tell that they're just following a formula and they're doing it because they do an episode once a week you know uh so yeah I just I just wanted to touch on that and let everybody know I'm doing the best I can and I just want to ask, are you doing your best? Ask yourself that. Are you trying to give yourself the best possible life that you can? Are you uh, making steps towards your... Pro- your uh, wow, your passion? Are you doing what you can because like there are bad things that happen in life. And I'm not discounting that. Um, But you're here. So you might as well make the most of it and just ask yourself from time to time, am I making the most of it? Am I trying hard? Am I doing what I want to do? Am I fulfilled? Or am I headed in the direction of being fulfilled? That's all I want. That's the last thing I wanted to say about that. Uh, I might do another episode before the new year. But I just wanted to say I hope everyone's had a happy holiday season. And uh, thank you guys again so much for listening. You Usually I do like a year wrap-up or whatever. And this is kind of my year wrap-up, you know. It was a very difficult year for me. One of the hardest years of my life. And basically these are a lot of the realizations that I've had this year. And I know it kind of turned into a motivational, uh, inspirational, whatever advice podcast. Um, but I feel like I've gone through a lot. And if I can say like one little thing that might help somebody to go through a similar situation or whatever they're going through, if I can say one thing Uh, that comes from a place of like true vulnerability that helps somebody else or clicks with somebody else, then I've done my fucking job. It's the same with lyrics. You know what I mean? If you write a lyric that, uh, greatly impacts somebody's life, then I've done my fucking job. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, It's been a really tough year, but these are the things I've learned, and after listing them off, I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty pretty stoked, and I feel good about having learned all these lessons at a relatively young age, so I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I really hope you got something from it, and I'm going to try and make another podcast before New Year's, but if I don't. Things happen. Life happens. Uh, I just want you guys to know that I love you so much. Thank you so much. And, uh, (laughs) you know, 2022, it's going to be our year. It's going to be our year, everybody. And we're going to fucking, we're going to try our best. We're going to go after it. So, uh, yeah, if I don't uh, make another podcast before new years, then have a happy new year. Enjoy your holiday season. And, uh, yeah, I'll talk to you guys when I talk to you. Thank you again. This is episode number 50 something of the Don't Start a Band podcast.